Welcome to our brand new podcast. We are talking about the great epic series, Forum. Um, in case you don't know, this is a new series that was put out by Epics. Um, it has a lot of really interesting undertones, which are partly sci-fi, partly horror, lots of thriller and suspense, uh, lots and lots to talk about with this series. Uh, lots of little details that I would love to hear uh, and kind of discuss about whether other people noticed them. But I'm going to start really quick with just a very fast recap and this will tell you i'm going to talk about this in a minute but this will tell you uh how little the show really gives away the matthews family road trip takes a horrifying turn when they are detoured to a small pastoral town from which they cannot leave when their family rv crashes sheriff boyd's sheriff boyd stevens and other residents rush to save them before the sun goes down so that's basically all that we had as the intro to the series from and then episode one begins and so many crazy things happen so before we start talking about it let me bring in my awesome and wonderful co-host kinte kinte how are you i'm doing good how are you doing great it's been a hot minute right i know i know but i'm glad to be back here on these uh podcasting streets me too. I'm so, I, you know what? I got to say, I'm so excited for you to be back because I feel like you and I together uh, dissect, especially series in a way that I don't hear many people dissect them. And I love our uh, little notices of things that just sort of seem to get unnoticed by other people. So really excited to, and in case anybody's wondering, I actually told Kente, I said, Look, I have been watching this show and I feel like it is absolutely just fabulous. And I tried to get him to watch it. And then once he watched it, I think, although I'll ask, uh, did you get hooked from the beginning? Uh, like, how do you feel about what you've seen so far? Um, I really, really um, enjoy the show. Uh, I've, I've only seen the first two episodes and we're only going to focus on the first episode right here. Right. Um, I, you're a little further ahead than than I, but um, I love the tone. I love the uh, the setup, and the characters seem pretty good so far. So, and I'm a big Harold Perrineau fan. Uh, he's getting a little bit on the chunky side, uh, Harold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I noticed. But uh, um, but no, he's a, a fantastic actor, and uh, I'm glad. And I think this is probably the first time that he's filming a show i think he's always been like a supporting character or one of the main characters but never really the uh the the uh main character so i i like that he's getting this this shot tell us some things that we have might have seen him in before oh harold perrino he was in romeo and juliet the movie uh he played in uh, of course lost he played michael and i think a lot of people remember him from his turn on the TV show Oz, right. uh, he was in the wheelchair. He was like the narrator character on the show. Uh, very um, terrific actor. He was in The Edge. Um, uh, you know, that's the movie with um, Alec Baldwin and um, Anthony Hopkins, where they're stuck in the woods and the bears chasing them. Right. Uh, and he was on uh, Sons of Anarchy. He played a villain on that. 
He was in uh, The Best Man. I mean, I can go on and on and on. The guy's had a terrific career so far, and he's a fantastic actor. He really is. And and um, as we start to talk about some of the other characters as well, I have to say that our introduction to him was, I think, one of, to me anyway, one of the best introductions that I've seen to a character in a while. Um, because he's just, in the beginning sort of unassuming and then all of a sudden you realize that there's so much more going on so the name of this episode is called uh long days journey into night and it's it sounds kind of uh i don't know what i would actually title that as but it doesn't it, it has a strange ring to it um and one of the things that we sort of discover right off the top is that there are some interesting aspects to the family that we're going to follow, the Matthews' family. Um, there's some interesting things that are happening with them. There's a daughter, there's a younger son, there's the mom and the dad. And they are on some kind of camping trip. We find out a little bit later that they are actually from Arizona. Um, and so they're on their camping trip or they're on their, in their RV going on some kind of trip and they end up at a roadblock, which is a fallen tree. Now, before that, the daughter tells this story to her brother and it's interesting because I think that, and I am further ahead than Kinte is, but I don't know all the answers myself because there's so much happening in the series. But I, my guess is that the story that she's telling him has some kind of parallel, it matters in a parallel way to our story. So he keeps telling us little pieces of his story as we go. Uh, that was one really nice touch. I love the fact that their made-up mythology somehow coincides with what is really happening in, in the town. Or, I mean, it seems to. I don't, it, not that it is, but like there's just that piece of it. So I, I, I have to ask you a couple of questions because here's some things that I've been thinking about since I've seen the, the pilot itself. One, what do you think about the relationship between the family members themselves like how do they seem to you um typical um tv show movie family you know the, the older sister is picking on a younger brother uh right. you know um they have a, a you know a, a very similar a very um familiar um family dynamic uh the father seems a little goofy uh, you know right uh, and um, the mother seems more a little more serious, and um, so uh, yeah, you know, right away you you get pulled in. Um, are we gonna um, skip the the moment that happened before that? I'm so, uh, the, oh no no no, but I thought but I thought we would kind of oh. go in maybe a little bit more oh, not okay. chronological, but just sort of like to make sense out of it because so, oh, I know okay. what you're talking about. Okay. Um, okay, so the. And and obviously that is super important for reasons that we'll discuss in one second. Um, one of the reasons that I, not one of the reasons, one of the things that I love about this series is that they they basically hook you in with whatever is basically the meat of the action uh, for the episode. And it's lengthy. 
before they even hit the intro. So it's not like we get a minute or a minute and a half or two of uh, dialogue or something that's happening and then we get the intro. The intro actually is like staggered many, many, many minutes into whatever is happening in that episode. And it's kind of amazing because it really you're not allowed basically not to get sucked in. You're already into what's going on before you even hit the intro. I absolutely loved that because the intro to this show is, and I'm going to ask Kinte to tell me what he thought of it. Um, it's very unique. So what did you think about the intro to from? Um, I, I, I think I skipped the intro. <laughs> oh no. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the intro. Uh, okay, so basically, it's kids' drawings, or okay. what we think is kids' drawings, right? It's crayon drawings. There are pictures of the houses in the town. There's pictures of Colony House, which is the big house. Uh, there's pictures of people, dead people. There's pictures of alive people. Uh, there's pictures of blood. There's pictures of trees. There are it. It is. It's a it's kind of uh, like a montage of drawings that look like they were made by children. Um, and the music. Well, you know what? Made. I'm so sorry. I did see them. Then they kind of come to life, right? Yeah, uh, kind of. Yeah, they they animate yeah. a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I, I did see. It. I'm, I'm sorry. And then it, the music that's playing is a very slow version of Kesara, which is sort of perfect for this it's just and it is it sets exactly the right mood so okay so i'm gonna i am gonna ask you to tell us what happens uh at the very beginning of the episode a rather traumatic thing happens um and i'm gonna ask kinte to explain it to us in sort of the best um most scary way possible tell us what happens okay so we we show they we see this um house right and it's pretty much established that you need to be indoors at night because something freaky is going to happen right boyd is out there ringing the bell ringing the bell oh yeah telling everybody so oh, great too the bell ringing even yep. though you would think they would have came up with a, a a little bit better way of doing it but anyway you know uh he walks through like the town crier like you know you got to go in you know and um, and uh, so we see this uh, mother and, and small child. I guess she's about 10. Yeah, probably. Something like that. And they're all, you know, they're packed into their home, you know, with everything, you know, uh, with the doors locked and everything. And then an old lady who said that she's her, the, the young girl's grandmother, uh, appears at the window to the uh upstairs window to where the uh the little girl is staying in and she says she starts to cry out to the little girl and um the mother um starts to get suspicious that something's going on so she goes upstairs and then right as the uh the the grandmother uh what's supposed to be a grandmother is asking the little girl to open the window so th they can talk the mother is telling her, no, that's not your grandmother. And then when she <laughs> opens up the window, the grandmother turns into a monster. And then it just, then you just see her go lunge at the kid. And then you, you know, you find out that, that uh, they were all butchered that night, you know, by the, whatever the entity that was outside. And, um, 
there's a uh, it, there's a scene where the father, I guess, was drunk. Uh, the father was drunk and he was passed out on the uh, floor. Right. And, um, and uh, he. Uh, oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, and um, basically, he didn't nail the window shut. So it led to his kids dying and he's forced to look at the corpse of his wife and, and small child. And, and uh, Harold Perrineau's character smacks this, the crap out of him, you know, so, you know, so, uh, you know, saying, telling them, and then they, they have him locked up too. So, right. yeah. So that opening scene, I mean, it's very similar to Lost where it, it, the show opens up with the child being murdered, you know? So, right, right. You know. There's th throughout this, and uh, obviously, again, you know, I'm a bit further ahead, but throughout this, there are definitely uh, more shout outs, it feels like, to Lost. And, and it feels almost intentional, but they also feel very much like red herrings. So I, I really love that. And it, it, it's definitely a nice, uh, Oh, is this the same thing or is this different? It feels really kind of cool. I, you know, it's one very of my favorite too, by the way, just to let people know, it's very yes, it was carnage. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The rib cage was like popped open, and it quite obviously whatever is eating these th these the people, whatever the things are that are eating these people, they're eating like the soft insides of people. They are definitely not like zombies just consuming flesh yeah, and, and by the way uh i feel like since you put me on uh since you have me watching this show you should uh send me a nightlight <laughs> it's it it's i have to say that that there's okay there's a part of this also with the grandmother floating at the window that also feels very salem's lot ish right mm -hmm. where you know like you have sort of the 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 entity being at the window but cannot come in unless you basically invite it in you have to let it in not invite it but you have to let it in um that is also super interesting and something that i think we'll discover a little bit more about as we kind of go my favorite can detail I say something uh real yeah. quick i yeah. think maybe we should establish that that it's not it's like when anyone lets something in lets it in it then they're all up for grabs so so even though another person that may be in the home didn't let it in, it's still going to come for everything that's in there. Right. It it definitely is about, there's something about boundaries that seem to be important. And there's the talisman here. too. Yeah. Right. And then we'll talk about the talisman in a second. Oh, okay. um, but, my, you know, my favorite detail of that whole, the, the whole sweep before basically uh, Boyd walks into the jail again is he erases on the outside of the police station um, 96 days without an issue, and then he has to erase it and put zero. Right. So they've gone for three months plus without any issue, okay? And it's, it's, it's interesting to me because the, the pilot seems to be setting up that there are a lot of um, interactive details that we should pay attention to. And at the same time, it also feels like a detail-heavy show. That is, there's so much that you could miss at first glance if you were not sort of paying attention. Like my 
original attention was actually on next to uh, the sheriff's station, the box that it is clearly like some kind of structure. And, and that we get sort of a reveal of what that is in the next episode, but it's, it's those kinds of details. This show does not shy away at all from sort of putting the cards on the table and then saying, okay, pay attention. Um, and the more that you go on in the show, the more that you realize that there's a lot of cards on the table and we have to kind of like play a 150 card matching game with them. It's, it, it's absolutely fabulously constructed. I really love it. Um, okay. So let's move on. So there are these talismans that uh, we'll find out a bit more later, but the talismans apparently keep out whatever it is that is trying to get in. But it also feels a little bit like those talismans perhaps are um, not quite as, like they don't really understand how they work. They're, it, it's just, this is a thing. And they definitely are there for a reason. But if you open up the door and you let something in, even the talisman won't keep it out. Right. And I think that that's kind of an important detail because otherwise none of the world makes sense. Well, why do they stay out of all the other places? Does the talisman actually work? And the answer is it does as long as there is no entryway, I think is maybe the best way to say it. What, what would you say? Oh, say that one more time. As long as there's no entryway into whatever the space is that they're trying the 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 we'll we'll call them the 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 evil monsters as long as the monsters aren't trying to get into I'm, i should say that differently as long as the monsters are unable to have an entryway into a particular place the talisman will keep them out in other words like they can't open doors they can't come through locked windows they they can't none of that stuff they can't do that but if somebody leaves an entrance open then it seems like even if the talisman is there they can come in because there was a talisman in the house right right yeah it doesn't it doesn't preclude them from going in there as long as they get their their um entry then i mean you know if someone allows them to come in then they're pretty much you know they're in so it's kind of like the talisman are basically sealing the house after that when the house is shut it seals it somehow from the monsters being able to get in but the moment that you break that seal they're able to get in which is also kind of the i i don't know i can't remember hearing or reading a story that has had that as a premise underneath it have you no not at all i can't think of anything that's uh, super cool. I really like it. Okay, so the Matthews is they come into the town basically after they uh after they hit this roadblock, which is this tree, and they get out and they, you know, kind of look at it and I think at one point they even tried to tried to move it. No, it's not going to move. It's too big. And they see the crows. Um I don't I still don't really understand what the crows what they mean necessarily but boy they're in everything they're in they're in the town they are a hundred percent at that tree and we see all of this uh imagery in the opening intro too 
do, do you have any idea of what they might be? Um, I think the crows are generally um, are used as uh, methods of dread and fear and whatnot. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that it's just in the, in the, uh, I don't know a better way to put it, in in the crow um, <laughs> lexicon, uh, you know. Uh, so you yeah. think it's just symbolism? I think so. I mean, I could be wrong. I hope it's not, you know. I, I, from the minute that I first saw the crows, um, I thought that they were more than just like portents. They were something more like maybe the crows are some kind of messenger or because then what we discover after the Matthews is come into town is everybody sees the crows. Um, we don't find that out until a little bit later, but everybody sees the crows. Everybody who experiences going to this place sees basically those crows. So I don't know. feels like there might be something there, but I don't know what it is. Okay. Well, the, the reason that the Matthews get stuck in town is they, first of all, they just keep going through it. So every time they take a road, even though they're going in one direction only, they still end up going in a circle. And I saw this with, as I was watching this particular episode, I was watching it with uh, one of my kids who said that that is one of the fears that they have, <laughs> that they will be on a road and that they will basically just keep going in the same direction, but ending up in the same place over and over again. Isn't that it's, frightening? It, yeah. It's an interesting fear, actually. Um, but that uh, that eventually they discover, okay, well, there really isn't, uh, there's nothing else on this road. There's the town and that's it. What I found super interesting in the pilot, and it really baffled me until sort of they kind of talked it out was why didn't anybody just tell them what was going on? And then we hear Boyd uh, saying to the deputy uh, something about uh, they'll figure it out. And, yeah. and it's all kind of out of context. What did you think about that? No, I figured that's what they were going for. Like, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, they, they got to experience it because it's, it's a think about it. If someone told you what it was, you know, like you're not going to believe it. You know what I'm saying? You, you, totally. I, I actually, yes. But it's so funny that when you're, when you're watching it, you really feel like um, it just feels like you want somebody to reach out and tell them, you know, uh, driving isn't going to help. Uh, also, uh, just from oh God. OK, so just from a pragmatic standpoint, I was thinking to myself, the people in town must want to stop these guys from traveling around and around in a circle because don't they need the gas? I mean, like that was my thought. My thought was yeah. if they're stuck in this town, are they, they've got, do they have generators? What's happening? Don't they want the gas from that RV? They'd have to want to stop them. Uh, and interestingly enough, um, we're not really sure what is happening when they are going back to the town, how they are looping back around, right? We don't really know exactly what's happening there. But what we do know is that 
there is no, there's no escape. There's no off ramp. There's no other road to take. Um, so they, they're, they're actually stuck there. It just isn't any other place for them to go. Um, I, I kind of liked that uh, just because it, it felt like if they had, if there was any other option, if there was like a little off road, if there was something else going on, it felt like that would leave too many um, loose ends for us to try to narrow down. I, I felt like it was like, this was just perfect. Um, I, I, I want to ask you what you thought, first of all, of each one of the uh, characters that we meet that are not the family, but like as an example, um, what did you think of um, of of the medic? Uh, our our I I want to call her like a I think she is a paramedic. She I, I you know I'm further ahead, so I know a little bit more. So I'm trying to like hedge this a bit, but I think she introduces herself as a paramedic. We see the shot of the ambulance. What's her name? When um. What is her name? Her name is uh, it just completely escaped me just now. Um, okay, the medic. We'll just go with the medic. <laughs> I am so sorry. Um, uh, but she basically she I, I have a lot of strong feelings about her. And when I first saw her, I had even stronger feelings toward the end of the episode about her. What did you think? I mean, she she seems like someone who's very dedicated to her her work. And that uh, she's someone that I would say is someone that, I mean, I could be proven 100% wrong, but uh, she seemed like someone that is uh, reliable and uh, like she was willing to stay, stay well in the, um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but uh, she was willing to stay. Uh, I'll, I'll say that uh, before we you know get to that part. Um, when you know I, I wouldn't have been <laughs> you know yeah i and and i feel like that i feel like she is like like she sort of conveys i feel like she conveys to us that she, while she is very hesitant about lots of things and and clearly um uh scared isn't maybe the right word but um she has this sense of almost foreboding is what I like. I feel like she senses that. Um, but she, but she is the kind of person who feels like they fight through that stuff. They absolutely are the person who would jump in front of a car to save another person. It just, she just gives me that feeling, which I really liked. Um, I also really liked uh, Kenny, who is the uh, the deputy. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, yeah, what did you think? I, no, I thought he was cool too. I thought he's a good character. Um, I, uh, I, you know, and well, I don't want to get into that, but uh, uh, no, I think yeah, I like, I liked him. He was a, he gave a good showing of himself in the first episode. Yeah, he definitely he definitely had a. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a really good strong word to use, but he has a presence which is very sort of understated, but the character itself feels very developed almost from the moment that you meet him. Right. Um, there is just something together about that character, which I really loved. I have to say that I was not too, I wasn't too excited about uh, Jim and Tabitha, our 
our protagonists who are the mom and dad in the family. I, I didn't, I felt nothing for them. I felt like they were not, uh, like they weren't even sort of powerful figures in the beginning. I just didn't, I don't connect with them in the, in the first, in the pilot, especially it felt like, wow, there is something so off about these two. And I don't, I couldn't identify it. I absolutely just couldn't figure out what it was. Like I felt more, uh, protagonist attraction toward the two kids who I was like, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with these guys. They seem kind of cool. Um, and then of course there are, there's a cast of some sort of other people who uh, we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, one of the people that we do meet who we should just at least touch on because we do see him in the beginning is um, his name is uh, Father Cotri. Uh, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I I felt like uh, I don't know about you, but I felt like this is a man with some secrets. Yeah. This is a man who's got some. He's got some. Uh, he's got some things going on. I don't know why. Maybe because he's a priest. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I just felt like yeah, he's got some stuff going on. Um, okay, so I'm I'm gonna we're gonna skip a little bit further ahead, and I want you to tell me. Because I know how I felt about this, but tell me, how did you feel toward the end of the episode with sort of the culmination of our action happening? What was your initial thought? I, I, I thought it ended very good uh, with the whole, um, um, well, you know, the, the um, oh, they're coming, you know? Thing. Right. Uh, I thought that was very good. I thought. I thought that the uh, the way that they built up to the action was pretty dope, and uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was very good. the 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 idea is that basically there's uh, the RV wrecks, right? Uh -huh. And when the RV wrecks, everybody in town. I should say one other thing: they actually put spike strips down, right? Because they were going to stop the RV from going around and around and around in a, in a circle. But what ultimately happens is another car starts to travel toward them. And it doesn't seem like the other car maybe even realizes that the RV is even on the road at first. And then they have a near miss and oh. the RV falls off the side of the road into the trees at that point the rest of the town really does rally all of a sudden like oh my god something big is happening and okay everybody we have to work together to get this uh to get these people out of there now none of them know right away that the that the that there are two cars on the road and you know without giving anything away in later episodes this is a huge deal that the fact that there were two cars on the road is like uh, it just for whatever reason i don't know what it is but for whatever reason it is such a huge monumental thing for these people because it literally never happens and um it, it's it's like a uh it, it's kind of like <laughs> like like the seventh seal opening you know there's something that they are attaching significance to, to the two cars being on the road. So uh, I can't wait to see what that's all about, but just so that we start off with, that was really important. Okay. Um, 
I, I, I wanted to just briefly also touch, because this is also really important and it's going to play a big part later, this relationship between Boyd and his son. Right. Um, what did you think about that? Um, uh, what did I think about their relationship? I mean, I, it, it felt like, uh, you know, that he was very caring towards his son. Uh, that, uh, you know, his son seemed a little delicate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, maybe he needed a little bit more, um, more uh, of a softer hand, I guess. I mean, if you will. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, no, I, I didn't think there was nothing specifically extra about the relationship. Was there something so, I missed? Well, Boyd and his son are clearly estranged, right? Boyd is living in town. His son oh, is so in Wait a minute. I'm so sorry. You're talking Sheriff about... Boyd. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Matthews. That's why I was like... That's why I was thinking about, like, the son. I'm, oh, no, 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 no. Not that son. Boyd's hey, uh, audience, you guys gotta forgive me. I'm just now starting to watch the show, so I... <laughs> My bad. Let's we rewind the tape. Uh, no, Boyd and his son, yes. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, obviously, you know, um, something happened between him and his father that's making him estranged. And, you know, uh, I mean, we don't know what it is. At least I don't know what it is. So right now the son looks like a prick, you know, but right. he may have very good reasons for why he feels the way that he does. But, um, you know, uh, obviously Boyd is trying to, you know, have a relationship with his son. But, um, you know, he doesn't want to hear anything about his daddy. No. And and it, it even took Boyd uh, a bit of cajoling to get his son to help with the RV people. Like, right. you know, hey, look, we got to just put our differences aside to go help these people because that's the right thing to do. Right. I, I thought that that was actually kind of interesting. So the, the next part of this is, um, and and I say this, not lightly. I say this like I don't even with all the episodes that I've seen, I don't really understand exactly what's going on with this, but nobody carries any weapons. I mean, somebody does carry a weapon, but they even say that it doesn't work on them. Um, they nobody has knives, nobody has razor blades, nobody has clearly these things are not they clearly do not respond to the same kind of um, physical capability of carnage from from the people that are living in the town's part. Like, they obviously can't kill them and know that they can't kill them. Because otherwise, they would be, <laughs> they would be trying to, right? Wouldn't right. everybody have, like, you know, some kind of weapon in their hand or something? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, did, did you I mean, get that feeling? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think you know these things are otherworldly, so I wouldn't think that um, you know, regular weapons would kill them, you know. So, uh, but I... and 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 when you turn that around, also the creatures, they're not carrying weapons either. They're not; they are just people who walk. They don't even walk fast. They just walk. Right. They're just uh, it, 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 I mean, other than floating up to the window that we saw, there's it doesn't seem like there's anything super 
uh, powerful about them, except that obviously somehow they are able to dig into and through a human body in a way that is just absolutely gross. Oof. It, it was, it, it, that was harsh. That was really harsh. Um, okay. So Sarah is one of our other characters that we know that we're going to be following. And Sarah is such an interesting character. First of all, in the first episode, she kills one of the people that are in the car, in the second car, uh, who makes it into town, who clearly have been kind of banged up and stuff. She kills him. And it feels like she's killing him or it seems like she's killing him because it, I don't know about you, but it felt to me like she was, uh, like maybe she wasn't stable or something. I don't, I don't know if there's like mentally ill doesn't really feel like it's actually fitting the bill here because it seems it's, it felt more than that. Like it, she, it seemed to me like she was very reluctant to kill him, but she did it anyway. Yeah, what did it, you think? It felt kind of almost like a, a, um, a religious thing in a way. Like, you know, like, um, maybe, mm. I don't know. I mean, I might be really off, but um, it almost felt like she was purging the devil, you know? Yeah. The way that she did it. Um, you know, because at first it, she almost, she she appeared to be almost like those uh those the way that she did it was almost like those monsters, you know, like the creatures, right? I and I almost half expected her to be one of them, right? That's also kind of a, an interesting, very interesting proposition. Um, I, I, I think you know, if you are looking at this show from the pilot episode, um, and you are trying to get a peek for. Uh, for what is under the surface, you won't be able to. Uh, this is one of those shows where it is very obvious that they are being very careful about what they show you, how they show it, and why they show it. Everything felt incredibly purposeful. Not a scene felt like it was, well, this is just to fill time between here and here everything felt like it came at a a strong and or for a strong and powerful purpose um what did you think about that part like how did you think about the the, the first episode's whole construction i thought it was great it, it started off a nice mystery to it where you're like you know you're it, it draw drew you in from the beginning and the way that it started, I mean, geez, you know, it started out so brutal, you know, uh, with the, uh, the poor kids' uh, demise. So uh, I thought, I mean, I was really um, impressed with um, with the start of the show. I, I I was too. I I I felt like they did a great job of making the stakes low enough in the beginning. Like, oh, you're in a town and. You can't escape. I mean, that's high stakes by itself, but not high stakes like we ended the show with, where the RV wrecks, the little boy is pinned in the RV with a rod, basically, from the RV sticking through his leg. 
Oh, that hurt. So he he says he says I'm stuck, <laughs> which was just such a great line. Uh, he's not going anywhere, and night is coming, and we already know that they fear night, and the sense of going from it's okay. Yes, we live in this world, and you know, whatever it is, it is Kesara Sara. But but then night comes and they've got this peril happening with other people, and all of a sudden the stakes are so high, and the people's response, the the character's response is so wonderfully matched to that that it is hard as the audience not to be very invested in what is going to happen next. The, that when Boyd says they're coming, it, there's no, you know, exactly what's happening. They're coming is not the, is not like, well, uh, yeah, like there's some small thing. I mean, he's, you can feel it. He's terrified that. Okay. We're here. We're stuck. What are we going to do? It's it's just sort of amazing um, th- how how fast the characters switch from being unbothered, unhurried, everything's okay, to all of a sudden there is just this massive sense of impending doom. And I, I just I loved it. I just thought it was great. No, I so, agree with you. Yeah, it was excellent. Do do you have any closing thoughts? No, I mean, I I just thought this was a great start to the uh, series, and uh, it definitely made me want to go watch the next episode. So, uh, no, I thought it was excellent. Well, with that, we will start our next episode, uh, and let's talk about what happens as we discover a little bit more about what makes this town tick and what makes the characters in it tick. I am really excited for this journey. I think you guys are going to love it. All right. All right. So let's say our goodbyes. And then uh, uh, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, uh, at Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, theindyradio.com is the website. And Jen? Uh, you can catch me over at my blog, moviesandmeals.com. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. See you soon.